Welcome to another episode of Wired In, everybody. I'm your host, Blake Johnson, and this is our first official, official episode, I guess you could say, of 2022, as our previous episode was... This still sounds so weird, 2022. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it does. But our... It doesn't seem like a real year, you know? It really doesn't. I mean... (laughs) You know, I, I struggle every year with uh, if I ever have to write down the year and it switches over to the next year, I want to write the previous year. Uh, it's actually not been that bad so far. Um, but yeah, it, I don't know. It, it used to, and maybe it just is just part of being a kid when you see the, the I don't know, the ball drop and the year officially go over. It's like this big moment, but I don't know. It's uh, it doesn't really mean that much to me anymore. Not that it should mean much to anybody. It's just, you know, I feel like people treat the, the it's like, okay, now it's January 1st. That means it's it's a whole new year. Everything's different. It's like, no, it's it's not. Like, five seconds later, we, we or earlier, we were tearing each other apart. So, you know. <laughs> I mean, considering we're basically, like, living in idiocracy <laughs> now, it's kind of, you know... The whole premise of a new year, you're just like, no, it's just good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I liked, the, I liked the meme I saw. I don't know if you saw it, but someone said, uh, "When you realize that 2022 is spelled 2020, and then two as in T O O." Oh yeah, T-O-O. Meme, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah, yeah, that's probably how it's gonna. <laughs> yeah. God, I hope not. I, I, I hope not. Not to be the optimist in the room, but I, yeah, I feel you know. like that's probably an accurate statement. <laughs> Uh yeah it man it, it's uh it's it's crazy to think I mean the, these years go by really fast but um sometimes they I mean, they feel like they take forever just to get through uh they and we this is an election year now too time. so that's that's going to make this year even more fun <laughs> Oh yeah yeah man it's, uh, uh, I'm sure social media won't be toxic as fuck you know for the next I don't yeah. know what are you talking Several about? Months. We're we're coming together here, you know. <laughs> yeah, so we're yeah, all yeah. about. We're not trying to fire people based off of whether or not they got a no, we a jab or whether or not they're yeah. masking or you know. It's it's <laughs> it's crazy. I I so I think I told you about this yesterday, but um, there was a report that came out from NPR, and they they were saying that. Uh, the Supreme on the Supreme Court, uh, Justice Sotomayor was having to basically attend hearings and meetings and whatnot virtually because um, so she I guess she's got diabetes or something. So she's mm-hmm. considered a, a higher risk for the covid situation. And so the, the report said that she went to Justice Roberts about it and he said, OK, I'm going to encourage everybody to wear masks when you're around um and the only one that wouldn't do it was Justice Gorsuch. Well, now there's a report coming out saying that that whole story is false. That Really? That Sotomayor never went to Roberts about it, never once complained <laughs> about Justice oh, no. Gorsuch. And I, I, there's not even confirmation that Justice Gorsuch was refusing to, to do that. So it's like, I guess this is a source from the Supreme Court. I, I, I don't know how accurate it is, but I mean, it... There's at least contested information that this is not accurate. Uh, I just, I, I don't know. I mean, would it just to be, would like, would Sotomayor have just done that just to like stall like 
votes or, or or not votes but like a like procedure or whatever or yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know how much effect it'd have on that, but yeah. maybe I don't know. But because I'm curious what the motive for that would be, you know, if if Sotomayor did lie about that, you know. Yeah, because I mean, I, I don't really know what damage it would do to Gorsuch because he's not an elected official. So it's kinda, yeah, the worst worst thing it'll do is just make people think he's a jerk. But you know, people think that way about. Uh, certain justices anyway so <laughs> yeah but, true yeah it I, i'm so tired of the whole like we, we've talked about the covid stuff many times on this show but i don't know i certain i like i don't know certain parts of this just get under my skin because it's just it just seems like all we want to talk about not you and me but just as a society mm-hmm talk about is how awful people are that don't do what we want them to do <laughs> um i mean i i remember who released this poll but it was it was a little while ago it was asking democrats you know what should be done with these unvaccinated people and like 25 percent or something like that were saying that they should lose their jobs or that they should be ostracized you know just different questions like that should the should these people uh, lose custody of their kids and there was like a certain percentage that said yes and i just like That's, really that that is a considerable number like yeah i mean like i mean it might it like yeah 25 percent. i, I, but I don't like... know how many people they surveyed with that so i mean I, I just i don't know all the details of it but even still like there is certainly a growing animosity that people have towards those that just don't or can't get a vaccine. And I mean, then you have the president of the United States coming out and saying basically that there's no excuse for you to not have one. It's like, okay, what about the people that legitimately can't get one because of certain medical conditions, (laughs) you know? Yeah. Well, and it, it just, it really seems like, you know, we've spent the past two years trying to understand COVID and we haven't gotten any closer to really understanding COVID oh, no. than we did two years ago. It just, it. Well, I mean, I mean, the people are getting more and more sick lately across the country. I mean, just in, just in Green County, um, where I live, you got swaths of people getting sick. And, and I guess they've had to cancel school um, in Springfield because they don't have enough teachers to teach and they they, ha- they had to cancel virtual because I guess they were going to go to virtual learning, which that's a whole nother discussion, but they couldn't even do that because they didn't have enough teachers because they were all sick. Um, so, I mean, from my understanding, I mean, we're not medical experts, but it seems pretty consistent with this particular variant that it's just, you're going to get it more than likely, but it's not near as lethal, which is good but uh that that hasn't that hasn't stopped people from clinging to their uh their political narratives on this (laughs) well it's just it i think the 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 really crazy thing has just been how how much push there's been for these vaccines when you know i i got them like you know i got the uh the, the two dose moderna one and i still ended up getting covid so mm-hmm. it's like well, and they've it, they've changed the definition of a vaccine even to where it's it used to be seen as, you know, if you get a vaccine, it's supposed to prevent you from from getting the disease. Then now it's just 
well, it'll 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 fight off against death or ho- severe hospitalization. It's like that's not really. I mean, you can call it what you will, but that's not really a straight up vaccine. I mean, if it is, it's not a very effective one. <laughs> yeah, for real. Um, I mean, I guess it's, it's like. It's like the when they call it the flu vaccine. I mean, it's not really a vaccine. If we're going by that standard, it's definitely a, you know, a way to prevent from getting like the most severe forms of whatever influenza that is going around that year. Well, it, it um, definitely seems like the COVID vaccine is basically just a glorified flu shot at this point. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, hell, like. Uh, even the flu shot is supposed is like supposed to last longer, you know, in terms of like protecting you from the flu. Like yeah, like I I, I had my shot for like I got my shot like five months ago, and I still ended up getting COVID from that. Like it was only five months, and then I ended up getting it. So mm-hmm. yeah, I I. From my understanding, unless I had no symptoms and I still had it, I've I've still haven't gotten COVID like since the pandemic started. Um, but I mean, we'll we'll see how long that lasts. Um, but yeah, it, it, you know, all, all kinds of people that have gotten the vaccine still get it. Um, I guess uh, I'll, I'll remember who it was. I think it was a celebrity. Some somebody I, I read someone almost died from covid and they had the vaccine and they came out and said see that's why i'm glad i got the vaccine because i would have surely died if i it's like no dude (laughs) i just i don't know how i mean it it might it might have helped in some regard but i can't i just can't imagine that it would you know if you because because if you get like a virus or you know an illness or whatever like your immune system, your immune system is compromised. So, like a vaccine at that point, isn't gonna do you any good. Like you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 crazy. But um, speaking of crazy, since we're on this subject, <laughs> I guess Joe Rogan is in trouble once again um, for spreading misinformation that is harmful and deadly to the public. But I guess there's a group of, like, I think from the report I read, it was, like, 270-some quote-unquote medical experts. And, of course, they didn't really go through any of the names on there, so I don't actually know who's who and what they do. But uh, they sent a letter to Spotify because um, Joe Rogan's podcast um, is exclusive to Spotify, so it's not like you can listen to it on Apple or Google or anything like that. If you want to listen to him, you have to go to Spotify. But they sent a letter to Spotify saying, hey, you need to curb this misinformation going out there. And I guess it stems from an episode that he did a few weeks ago with, uh, I think his name was Dr. Malone something or other. Um, And I guess this doctor claimed to be um, the creator of Dr. Robert Malone is his name. He claims to be the inventor of the mRNA vaccines, and um, I guess there's contested information or con- yeah, contested claims about that, saying basically he's not the only one. There were other people that were involved in making those too. Um, but then I guess at one point during the podcast, which is like a three three and a half hour long podcast, 
um, Joe went on a, a spiel about the uh, vaccine adverse event reporting system Revere's website which is basically a, a, a website you can go to it's like a database and you just if you have any adverse reactions to the vaccine or something you can just report it in there but it's not it's not even a like super verified system it's kind of like yeah, just, it's no, like it's no like getting on facebook done. and posting that you had adverse <laughs> reactions that's essentially what yeah. it is um, so he was, he was pointing, you know, that out and saying how, you know, there's been an explosion of vaccine associated deaths. And so they're, they're going after him and saying that he needs to be careful what he says about that, which I guess, I mean, I have to go back and actually listen to that part. I didn't get that far into it. Um, but I mean, the, there is truth to the, the fact that, you know, I, I'm. I. I don't think we've ever referred to Veers once on this podcast, unless it's to point out the fact that it's not super verifiable. Um, because yeah, you can just get it if you just go there and you look at the the different posts. And people are like, yeah, my daughter took this and and she almost died. And it's like, okay, well, that's not it's really basically like Wikipedia, where like anybody can like yeah, you know, make additions and you know. So. And, uh, you know, the, the, the whole point of the system is you put in your report and then there's supposed to be an investigation or something into it, I guess. Um, I don't know all the ins and outs of it, but it's, you know, it's not it's not a place I would go to and be like, see, I saw this. So that means that's what happened. I mean, we don't you don't know that. So, yeah, it's it, it's it's kind of crazy that. They would want to go this far with it because I guess not just them, but there's there's people out there that want him to be like fired from Spotify, which I think is crazy. Uh, but yeah, I, I I'm not like some huge Joe Rogan fan. I've only listened to a handful of uh, like minutes worth of podcasts. <laughs> but I mean, it seems like he seems like the kind of guy that just talks to everybody, you know, whether they're on the right or the left, or they he just kind of lets them say what they want to say and ask them questions. But I guess he also got, I haven't even looked into this, but he got into some hot water over something related to COVID and he said something on a podcast and his guest corrected him on it. And then Joe tried to act like he didn't realize that when just a few weeks ago he asked about it or something. I don't, I don't know, but it's just a big drama thing that's going on, I guess. But well, yeah. and it's just like the whole the whole bound of like he's spreading misinformation. You know, he needs to be he needs to be censored. You know, he's he needs to be deplatformed. It's like, well, first of all, like I think we touched on this earlier, like in in the in the show. But it's like we've spent the past two years trying to understand COVID, and it doesn't really seem like we've gotten any closer to doing it. And like and it's so easy to like spread misinformation when there's just so little information about COVID out there in general. Um, mm -hmm. So I, I think the idea, and plus, like you said, Joe platforms, well, I say platforms, it's a, it's a rather, uh, it kind of has a negative connotation now, which is weird. You, you would think that word doesn't, shouldn't hold a negative connotation, but like, Joe was willing to hear out, like, all sorts of different people, like you said. Um, you know, I mean, I mean, hell, he even had Alex Jones on his show at one point, and he contested him on a whole slew of different issues, right? Like, 
you know, it, you know, I, I think, again, I think Joe is just willing to give, you know, all sorts of different people an opportunity, a chance to say what they have to say. And, uh, but of course all these like progressive, like, like hardcore leftists don't want that. They just, they, you know, you have to, um, you know, every, everything has to be, everything has to exist in respective echo chambers. And if it ever yeah. breaks that, then, you know, you're, 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 you're potentially harmful to society. And it's just, it's, it's so ridiculous. Like, you know, yeah. It, and it's not even, it's not even just the left that does it. I mean, I see it all the time on the right, um, particular yeah, podcast exactly. that I used to listen to. I can't stand anymore just because they're so heavy handed with, with how they treat people that you know it's like there there's there's no benefit whatsoever to getting the vaccine um and you know everyone's out to get you and it's like not that there is there is room for a middle ground here like the, the it's not all all or nothing and it it's it's like if if you're you're expected to be in one of two camps. Either you are completely all in for the vaccine masks, everything, do all everything that the CDC and Joe Biden tells you to do, or you are the complete opposite and no vaccine, no mask at any point. Um, and anyone who dares even hint at something related to, uh, well, I'm a like, like Ben Shapiro, Ben Shapiro's pro vaccine. Well, he's, He's an idiot. He's he's an enemy because he thinks this. It's like no, you're allowed to think what you want to think as long as you do your own research, and you come to your own conclusions. Like I, I just this this is this is part of why I get so sick of politics because we treat it as this as this like sports show where you have to be all in on on this team or you're just a traitor. You know, it's like you're not allowed to come to your own conclusions, and I, I, it's I'm sick of it. I, I really am. I, I hate hearing about it so much. Um, and yeah, that's 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 all I have to say about that. <laughs> well, and it's like you know, I was talking to somebody about this the other day, and it's like, <clears throat> you know, it, the, I feel like a lot of people, you know, when the when the Patriot got like the the kind of the the true nature of the Patriot Act was kind of revealed with Snowden essentially revealing that the um, you know the NSA had the capability and, and and was actively spying on its own population. But I feel like the the it's really shifted away from that in that like really it's more so one another basically like surveilling each other. It's it, it, it's it almost kind of fringes into that North Korean like type mindset almost like from a, from a cultural standpoint in that like you are always taking tabs on other people and you are always you know if 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 somebody steps out of line you're immediately reporting it you know you're going mm-hmm. to Twitter you're going to you know Facebook wherever and you know and then you go into your whole diatribe about how this person needs to be deplatformed how they you know are harmful to society how they're spreading misinformation it's like it's it's shifted away from the threat of like the threat of 
national surveillance of its own populace have sh- has shifted away from that to its own populace, like basically keeping tabs on itself. Um, and it's 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 really it's really bizarre to have like watch happen in like real time, you know. Um, well, remember this was about two years ago in New York when Governor Cuomo and Mayor Bill De Blasio uh developed this like phone phone line thing that you could call um if you noticed your neighbor wasn't wearing a mask or that they were hanging oh, around that. a yeah. group of people they they were hanging around a group of people <laughs> and it's like you, you take wow. a picture take a picture of them and send them to here and of course when they said that they uh, got a lot of dick pics um uh, for people spamming <laughs> it um but yeah, I, I you know remember that story. I was thinking, you have this is not America when you're encouraging people to rat out. Uh, but I mean, that's that's literally that's literally what you learn about um, when it when it pertains to like Nazi Germany and <laughs> you know ratting out your neighbor, you know, ratting out people that aren't following what the government tells them to do. Like that that is not. <laughs> but I mean. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. We are developing this type of this type of you know societal um, expectation, if you will, that you know you it's for the greater good that you have to do this, mm-hmm. and that I mean, who defines the greater good? Yeah, exactly, and 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 it it just seems like the, the just the ramifications for it for like how we're going about this culturally is just getting regressively worse. It just keeps like spiraling out of control to the point where, you know, if, if somebody like Joe Rogan says something that's, you know, slightly out of line, that's slightly untrue or, or hell, it doesn't even necessarily have to be him. It could just be whoever he's brought on to, basically talk about a particular topic if they get something wrong it's like oh well you know y- you brought them on as your guest so you know you're you know liable for what the, their actions as well it's just, it's it's really it's really bizarre to watch um yeah yeah for sure um yeah it it just reminded me of uh like the BLM riots and stuff and the protests and how, you know, there, there was a social media campaign of, you know, posting your profile pl- picture as a, just a, a black, you know, black picture or whatever. It's just nothing. It's just black. Um, and people saying, yeah, if, if you don't say anything, then you're complicit in, in what's going that, on. Yeah. Um, you know, and <laughs> it's just, you know, it, we just expect everybody to jump in to what we what we think is right and i think it goes to an individual level as well i mean you grow up thinking that you're special and you grow up thinking that you know with this technology that you have something to say and people need to listen to it you know and it's part of what people clamor for their 15 minutes of fame on tiktok and Mm -hmm. you know people people really want others to be invested in their story and what they want to say. And if you're not, then, well, you're just a horrible person. And when you get a bunch of people with that kind of attitude together, it creates this type of movement where, you know, 
you're either all in or you you're you know the enemy oh, yeah you're you're ostracized essentially yeah and, so uh, and it's like you know with the, with the whole black lives matter thing you know you had people that um were just joining the to protest because they didn't like what they saw with George Floyd and they didn't like the police brutality and they wanted to say something about it but they weren't they weren't all in on the whole you know all cops are are horrible people or you know the whole system is is evil but you you couldn't have that choice essentially you couldn't be super public about that because well then you're not you're not part of our group and it's like yeah and and anytime you'd ever challenge them especially on like the whole defund the police thing that you know if you if you ever say like you know talk about how ridiculous it is, it is to you know basically remove funding for you know you know police precincts in 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 the desired hope that it will you know reduce crime in an area it's just like you know whenever you would go to like contest that they would just be like oh well defund the police doesn't actually mean defund the police it means this entirely other different postmodern bullshit thing that we're not going to really elaborate so you know we're just we're just going to scream defund the police and it's like it just, uh, it's like do you you keep using that word i do not think it means what you think it means is, is exactly. basically how it it's is oh like... <laughs> uh, yeah it, it's it, it's why i i prefer not being out in a crowd very much and I, I do much better when i'm you know in my house just kind of doing my own thing <laughs> that's why i'm not extroverted because <laughs> i don't like people i just don't uh, yeah, I mean, for, fortunately, like over where I live, like that that whole, you know, all of that, like it, it never really got to like that uh, that level of crazy, but mm-hmm. um, but yeah, still, it's just <laughs> yeah, it's it's why we're we're both thankful we don't live in you know California or you know New York or places like that. <laughs> Kind of, kind of, kind of glad to live in the Midwest where it's a little more calm. You still have man, some crazies out there, but it's, it's it's not as bad. <laughs> man, you couldn't pay me to live in a big city now. I would. I there's just I, there's for a myriad no of way. reasons. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For, yeah. Well, yeah. Did you see that um, Governor Newsom of California is saying they're going to double their um, was it the state income tax? I think that they're doubling, um, which is oh, already. Yeah, that was- astronomically like, high mm-hmm. well i think he announced that like right after his he won his recall election mm. um and then he was like oh hey by the way jeez yeah i have a, a friend of my wife's lives she she used to live here in missouri and moved to california i still don't know why yeah I, um yeah, and I, she's I, she's still over there and it's like you know you have she pays um, she pays like, oh, I want to say it's like eight hundred dollars, um, a month for rent, and it's half of what the actual rent is. So she's she rooms with someone, and her, what she pays is like half of what it actually is, and we pay less than what she pays. It, it, oh, and I'm and I'm sure it's for just some small studio apartment too. I'm sure it's not, you know. I'm not sure I've heard it's okay, but it's it's not like a big it's it's not some big, you know, fancy <laughs> apartment. Um 
but yeah, it, whew, that, that's a whole nother discussion. But anyway, um, let's move on to some fun topics to talk about. Um, <laughs> yeah, fun. I mean, <laughs> if I'm not, not for me to say you guys weren't having fun with this discussion, but uh, th- this is something I've been itching to talk about, and I know you have as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Microsoft has bought Activision Blizzard uh, for $68.7 billion all-cash yes. deal, um, which, you know, for those of you, I'm sure you've heard of Activision, but that includes franchises like Call of Duty, uh, Tony Hawk's uh, Pro Skater, Spyro, um, Crash Bandicoot, um, and like a whole slew of other, I think Diablo is another one. There's a whole slew of other, you know, franchises that come along with that. Overwatch. Um, yeah, Overwatch. And I guess, I guess this sets the record for the biggest tech deal of all time. Um, oh, easily. Which, which was previously, uh, done by Dell when they acquired EMC in 2016. Um, but yeah, that, that's, which that was for, I guess, 67 billion. But, um... Yeah, I guess uh, Phil Spencer came out and said that um, for right now they will be operating as an independent company as they're you know still fulfilling the contracts they had already made. But then, uh, it, I mean, it sounds like they're going to be an exclusive, from my understanding, that's, that's my guess anyway. There hasn't been official confirmation on that. But, I mean, I think this, I think this really has a lot to do with uh, Microsoft Game Pass because I guess... Um, in one of the official Xbox um, announcements, they said that they've made like twenty-five million dollars from, uh, or not twenty-five million, twenty-five million subscribers. I think is what it was for Xbox Game Pass, which is like the big thing that they're pushing out there, because um, you get all these different games for uh, I think it's like fifteen dollars a month. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, you're going to be able to play like. You know the latest Call of Duty when that comes out um, on Game Pass without having to go out and spend sixty seventy dollars on it, um, you know, and, and whatever other games they come out with. Um, and I don't know if you saw this, but I guess um, I guess yesterday um, Sony had a twelve percent drop in their stock. Um, I think in Tokyo at least um, because of this deal. Because I guess there's some investors um, that are fearful that this means that you're not going to be able to play as many games on Sony, uh, Sony's platform. But I, I kind of agree with this one analyst that said that he thinks that's a bit of an overreaction because Sony's still going to pump out big titles and they're still going to have a, a gigantic, um, you know customer loyalty that's i don't think it's going to go away just because of this um especially i mean in my opinion especially since you know yeah you can pay the newest call of duty on game pass I, okay i don't care <laughs> I mean, why would i want to do that um so well, I, I think the the more concerning thing about all this is that microsoft basically owns like 80% of the AAA gaming landscape now. Mm-hmm. And because they got Bethesda now, and they got some Yeah, they other... bought up Zenimax, they bought up Double Fine, they bought up Rare, they bought up Obsidian. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, and and of course, you know, Zenimax with, like, Bethesda and, and its software, and, and then now, with this Activision Blizzard uh, acquisition, they basically own, like, 80% of the AAA gaming landscape. Yeah. Um and I think this is just going to 
I mean, I, I think this is really just going to have force Sony's hand. I, I, I really think this is just going just gonna to pave the way for, well, a, a number of things, but I, I think, you know, it's just going to be a race now of who can buy up what studios, and, mm-hmm. you know, because, I mean, who's really left? I mean, you have, you have CDPR, uh, you have... Rockstar. Rockstar, you have From Software in, uh, well, EA and Ubisoft. But, mm-hmm. you know, th- those, those companies, I mean... I mean, hell, if, if Microsoft can buy Activision Blizzard, if Microsoft can buy Activision Blizzard, one of the biggest companies, like, <laughs> on the planet, yeah, then I don't know who, who they can't buy. Like, you know, like, the sky's the limit as far as I'm concerned. So, yeah, you know, and, and it wouldn't surprise me. At all. Oh, and Capcom, uh, their one last few, but... But again, I, I could very well see Sony going after Capcom and uh, um, from software. I, it, you know, I, I could very well see that happening. But but I, I think what what's even worse with all this is I feel like with Xbox buying up all these dev studios and you know IPs and everything, it's just going to further pave the way for microtransactions and subscription services and gaming. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it just it we, we've seen that Microsoft really wants to push the games as a live service model, um, and I used I used to be like a lot more optimistic in that like when it pertained to gaming, like you know that you know we wouldn't see this model in a majority of like AAA games, but now it's like it it's left the door wide open, you know. Yeah, I'm. I'm a little mixed on how I feel about this acquisition, too, because, like, you know, the immediate reaction I had was, oh, cool, I mean, that's that's neat that they were able to, to get some studios, but on the same token, it's like, you know, it's it's almost like they're trying to win without really going for it. Because yeah. they're basically they just whipped out the checkbook and just, yeah you know. they're they're just they're relying on other studios to still make the games they'll just put it under their banner, but mm. I mean Microsoft isn't you know that's why I've come to appreciate Sony a lot more is because they actually put in the time for their own stuff that's really good like you know Last of Us or Spider Man or you know games like that and you know it it it. I don't know. Maybe maybe it's silly, but it makes me feel like more invested in playing one of their games. If I'm like, okay, these guys actually—they're not just you know allowing AAA titles to put games on their platform. They're actually trying to provide good quality stuff to to purchase that is actually pretty decent for the most part. Whereas Microsoft, they used to do that, but it just seems like for the past several years, especially with the Xbox One generation, they just don't really put that much effort into it. I mean, you know, Gears of War, that's okay, but it's not, I don't know, I don't think it's really this groundbreaking franchise. Um, Halo's kind of mixed right now. Um, you know, I guess you could say that uh, Forza is pretty solid, but still, I mean, I, I just, it. you know, for the longest time, Microsoft was behind Sony on not just console sales, but like games in general. And... Now, if they end up, you know, overtaking Sony in the long run, I don't know if that'll happen. But if they do, 
it's not really going to be because Microsoft is, you know, known for making all these amazing games. It's because they've bought everybody else into their, <laughs> to their system. I mean, that, pretty much, you well, know, and it, and it makes you wonder too, like at what point does this just like cross the threshold of being a monopoly? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it just, it doesn't seem, none of this just seems legally viable. You know, it, it certainly doesn't make it easy if you if you want to start your own like company and get your own games out there. I mean that. Yeah, exactly. In in this in this landscape, that's not going to be easy. I mean, who who gonna who you gonna hire? How are you gonna get all this stuff done without you know some sort of violation or or getting bought up? I don't I don't know how it all works, but it doesn't seem like it'd be any easier to do that. Well, it's like I, I was I was talking to a buddy of mine. It's like. This acquisition is either going to be the, the rise or the death of the indie title. Um, I mean, only only time will tell as to whether or not you know what what result that'll have. But I mean, this is really going to fundamentally change the just the, the nature of gaming in general. Uh, frankly, um, it's just. Yeah, I, I want to hear your your thoughts on this because I had mentioned it yesterday, and uh, you'd you'd made this point. So I'd kind of like you to elaborate on it because I've been seeing this point made from several people that would just comment on these stories when uh, when they'd see this deal, they'd be like, "Oh, now we're finally going to get really good Call of Duty games potentially. Uh, now we're going to finally get these good games and these good games." And uh, you had you had mentioned in our conversation yesterday, you know, what motivation would they have to do that? Yeah, exactly. I mean, if everything if everything is under the Xbox umbrella, right? What incentive do they really have to like improve upon you know whatever title or, or you know project it is that they're working on? It's like there, there's nothing really unless Microsoft is you know adamant about you know. I mean, I mean again, and, and the and the oversight for all this, it's like how is really Microsoft going to be able to enforce? Mm-hmm. You know, dev studios to you know be more ethical and you know and more transparent about what it is that they're doing in terms of like developing games. It's like there's there's no real there's I I can't I don't I don't even know how you would go about creating some form of enforcement mechanism to you know set that in place. It's like I you know there's as long as there's you know again as long as everything is under the xbox umbrella they don't have to really do anything they just have, all they have to do is just rely on xbox to you know uh take whatever necessary measure to uh make sure that the copies of their games sell you know mm-hmm. and it's it's just really bizarre to me that a lot of people think that this is somehow going to uh establish more accountability in the AAA gaming uh, land space. Because I think it's just going to do the opposite. I think it's going to just completely, you know, uh, I'm trying to look for the right word here, but I think it's just going to just tank whatever, uh, for lack of a better term, um, and like enforce whatever enforcement mechanism was there. I, I think it's just going to completely render that you know moot it's just gonna render completely useless Mm -hmm. 
You mean to tell me that a, a big corporation is, is not going to always act ethically and, and may, you know, succumb to <laughs> yeah, just... overlooking certain things in order to keep making some money? <laughs> yeah, well, and it's just like, you know, and again, this this all ties back into the games as a live service model. Um, th- this is really going to be the route everything goes, especially with with how you know extensive how large xbox's reach is now mm-hmm. um you know everything's gonna be under game pass you know there's gonna be all sorts of you know uh free to play like titles that will have microtransactions and season passes and loot boxes like halo infinite does um, I mean, because again, we, we I, I feel like Halo Infinite's model is really the model that Xbox wants to push for the rest of their games. Because, you know, again, we, we, we don't even necessarily have to look to Xbox for this. Um, you know, EA from... Uh, EA has made, God, just an ungodly amount of money just from, you know microtransaction sales on FIFA Ultimate and like Madden Ultimate. You know, it's just it's it's as long as you can get a succinct like group, a dedicated sect of your fan base continuously buying into that model, th- that's all they really care about because at the end of the day that will that will be far more profitable than, you know, releasing a you know, solid product with no uh, additional monetiza- monetization scheme, um, like to basically further fund it, right? Um, so, yeah, I, I really think this is going to be the route. Uh, unfortunately, like because like again, I used to be a lot more optimistic in terms of that uh, like that regard. I used to, you know, whenever people would say like gaming is dying, gaming is dead, and and for the record, I st- I don't think like gaming is dying or that it's dead, but it's just like the nature of gaming, at least AAA gaming, has has radically changed to the point where the damage is irreparable. Like it's, I I feel like like a. Basically, I feel like AAA gaming is very much dying. I don't think gaming as a whole is dying, but it is. We've definitely inched closer to that territory of triple, like AAA gaming, like especially if they implement all of these different like monetization schemes. I mean, it's over because there again, there's no enforcement mechanism. Yeah, I mean, this is really a you know we're not turning back now because you know you can't really undo this now that that we're going in this direction um you know because i i think in the short term yeah sure the consumer will benefit because they'll have immediate access to certain titles but is the quality really going to improve is are you really going to have a genuine experience with these games where you're not having to buy in um like like with you said with the micro transactions and service uh, you know services and subscriptions and so on uh, you know it, it'll definitely change but will it all be for the better i guess time will tell but i don't know i i have a sneaking suspicion that several years down the road we'll look back and be like man i kind of wish i kind of missed the the good old days when you know microsoft didn't own all of these 
these studios. Um, but yeah, definitely. Ho- hopefully, hopefully we're we're proven wrong. But I don't know. It, it just I the more I think about it, the less optimistic I am. But um, yeah, I guess we'll just have to to wait and see on that. But uh, well, and and one one just one little quick thing to add on top of that too. It's like. You know, let, let's say hypothetically, you know, Microsoft did take some initiative to like, you know, in, in, in Blizzard's case, you know, let's say that they took some, on some form of effort to, you know, um, basically fix Blizzard and, t- you know, turn things around there. Uh, I'm not super confident in their ability to do that, uh, considering their track record with like, you know, Fable Legends, you know, they spent forever making that and that got canceled. Uh, granted, that was more on Lionhead's, you know, part, but still, um, you know, that so that that was a major title that you know ended up getting canned. Um, you had Crackdown Three, which spent it was basically stuck in development hell. Uh, <laughs> like it, that game was in development for freaking years, and then when it finally released, it was just you know, just, the the game was just like borderline unplayable. Um, and then you had there was what was it? Uh, it was some dragon title. It was like um, I wish I could remember the name of it. But there was it, there was another really hyped Xbox One title. Um, that was kind of like an action adventure, like um, and you could like control dragons and everything. And then that got canned. So I, I'm not really you know. Given their track record, I, I mean, I, I'm not confident in their ability to, you know, if they if they were to create some form of enforcement mechanism, like I, I don't I don't think the 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 end result would really fare any better. Yeah, yeah, it's it's one of those things that we'll just have to keep an eye on and and see mm-hmm. uh, see what they do with it. But yeah, hopefully, hopefully things just keep pumping out as far as quality and we get we get the kind of things that we want to see um but yeah there there you go um so to kind of wrap up the the show (laughs) i wanted to uh discuss a little bit of our uh, of our thoughts on i i think i think you will agree that this is easily the best marvel movie that's ever been made um certainly one of the best films that's ever been made i think it's a masterpiece uh, marvel's eternals which just uh debuted on disney plus if you have a subscription there and i have to say i i was i was so into it that i i just couldn't finish the movie like halfway through i had to stop because it was just so good and i will probably never watch the last half of it because it was just that good it just changed um, your life for the it, better. It changed my life. <laughs> I, I tell you what, I, I I just I have to hand it to these people. They put ten new characters that no one has ever heard of on the screen and did absolutely nothing with them. And I think that's pretty brilliant. That's that that is a classic <laughs> example of great writing and great direction. So yeah, I, I think the future is bright for the for the MCU. I don't know about you. <laughs> I just man, I was <laughs> I, I got about 30 minutes into it and I just couldn't do it. it, it it's it's so like the the, the like first of all the, the structuring of the plot was just all over the place. 
you're you're jump you're you're jumping around from different time. Oh my gosh, time. the time jumps. There's like five or six of them in the first hour. <laughs> yeah, and, and and then you're like, and, and and then of course you know, at first you're at first you're not aware that both Kit Harrington and the guy that played uh, Rob Stark in in Game of Thrones uh, that they're both in it. So at one point I got them confused for one another, thinking that like you know. Uh, what's his name uh there, there's it's cersei and is it not ajak um is it icarus yeah icarus icarus so at one yeah. point in the in the plot i thought so it, I, whenever it, it, it the jumps to like present day right uh towards the beginning of the film i thought cersei and like uh icarus were basically didn't know one another when I it was like I was so confused at first but apparently you know there's there's um there you know there's Icarus and uh whatever Kit Harrington's uh character is but but yeah there's just there's so much time jumping going off in the plot um there's just there's so much about the world building aspect to Eternals that just doesn't make sense like first like okay so the, the, essentially the film opens up and uh, well, more specifically, it, it, whenever it jumps to the present day sequence, and spoilers if you haven't seen this movie yet, by the way. Well, I'm yeah. Sure. yeah. <laughs> but uh, but they essentially are fighting like a deviant in the middle of London, or at least what I presume to be London. But they're fighting the deviant in the middle of London, and it's like, oh, are you are you guys not trying to like conceal your identities or like? I mean, this should be like a big deal. I mean, like mm-hmm. you know, you're, you're fighting this huge deviant monster in the middle of a, of a city. Um, it's just like it, it's just stuff like that that it's just so glaring, like so glaringly obvious, and yet the, they don't ever address it. At least like in, during the first thirty minutes of the film that I was watching, like it just they never at any point, uh, it, which is especially weird considering that they established in the plot that supposedly they're not supposed to get involved with human affairs yeah. or, you know so it's like so if humans are seeing them battle deviants like wouldn't that like heavily jeopardize like compromise you know their whole like directive or whatever it is from this deity thing um yeah which i guess you know the the point of what they're doing is you know they they basically they come to realize that they've been working for the bad guy the whole time as far as you know the 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 main um i don't know overseer if you will is wanting to uh create these celestials and they can only they they're basically like the seed is planted in the middle of the planet essentially and it it requires like the energy and the the intelligence or whatnot of the population over a period of thousands and thousands of years and it eventually hatches and the planet dies um well and wouldn't that wouldn't that heavily conflict with guardians 2 see i i barely remember much of guardians movies just because i don't really like them but well because (laughs) uh well because ego you know whenever he, he he goes to earth he, I thought he like he he planted some like part of himself in the planet 
because uh, mm. like that because that he he traveled around to like multiple different planets and like so I'm curious how that doesn't conflict with Guardians too. Well, I'm also um, curious how if you have all these celestials coming out of these these dead planets, how in the world does uh you know the avengers shield whatnot not hear about any of this like wouldn't that that be kind of strange all of a sudden these planets are dead and they're gone and like that i don't know just if you're trying to conceal yourself that doesn't really seem like an effective strategy (laughs) well oh and the real kicker the real kicker so literally in the beginning of the film kit harrington s cersei He's like, hey, why didn't you get involved whenever Thanos was like, you know, trying to delete the planet? And they're like, oh, well, we can only involve ourselves if deviants are involved. Problem with that. Thanos is half deviant. (laughs) Oh, he is? Thanos is a half, at least in the the comics, granted, they they might have retconned it in the the movies, who knows. But uh, as far as we know... As far as we know, in the MCU, Thanos is half-deviant. Interesting. So, uh, I I don't know how... Like, if anything, it just... I feel like they tried to... it, It feels like they tried to, like, work themselves out of this corner that they wrote themselves into... But they just made it worse. They like can, they just backed up even further into it. Um, so yeah, so that heavily, and this is, and I feel like this is kind of the the problem that in um, that in game has kind of pr- like inadvertently created. It's like anything after in game that's like introduced, you're kind of like, hey, where were you during in game? And it's like, uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, and it's not like he's just wiping out half of life on Earth. He's ha- he's wiping out half of all life in the universe. In the universe. So that would directly affect the plans to hatch more um, celestials because you're essentially taking their energy away and preventing them from being able to, to hatch, essentially. Um, so, yeah, I'm looking at this article right now, and apparently in the comics, Thanos was an eternal but he was also part deviant yeah part deviant That's yeah so like he has he has a connection that they obviously know who thanos is um i guess because partly of his genetics he's he's got um he's part deviant um so yeah that that doesn't make any sense that they wouldn't want to interfere with <laughs> for a variety of reasons um i just it it just baffles me that it's just like because like to some extent or another we kind of excuse the whole you know whenever superheroes get their own films and it's like okay well why weren't the avengers there you know there, there's some level of okay well we know that really if this made true sense avengers would show up more times than they did but like you have these 10 super powerful beings and they're just now showing up after the snap and or after everything's been a put galaxy back. ending level threat and yeah. like we're supposed to believe that they're like for best case scenario 
you look at the Eternals and think, wow, you guys are jerks because you took this long to intervene. Yeah, <laughs> like you all of a sudden. Best case scenario is that, yeah. You you want us to rely on you and take you seriously? Because like, if you wouldn't respond to uh, wiping out of half the, the universe, what would you respond to if we really need your help? It's ridiculous, um, man. So yeah, that that's that's Eternals for you. I guess if you want to go see it, it's on Disney Plus. Um, they're saying it made like, oh I don't know, a record number of views for it coming out. But I don't know how oh, much I'm of sure. that is just people that wanted to see it again, or people that didn't want to bother spending a ticket to see it in the theater, so they decided to wait, like me, until it came out on their subscription service. Um, yeah, well, I'm I'm glad I did not see it in theaters because I would I would have just like I would have fallen asleep. I would have just gotten up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I would have fallen asleep because we, just... we were watching it and it felt like it was about over. And I, you know, used my remote and it was like, oh, you've got an hour left. I'm like, are you serious? <laughs> so my wife and I were both like, yeah, we're done. <laughs> so it's just. It's just, it's so baffling to me. It, 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 this seems to be the trend with, like, a lot of, like, um, like, a lot of titles, like, a lot of films or shows that incorporate, like, a new, like, like, numerous protagonists, right? Like, like, a, like a super team type, uh, film or show is they just want to cram every character in there right now, you know, and we'll deal with back you know with characterization later and it's just like again if if we've seen <laughs> you know if, if justice league has taught us anything it's that you know you you have to establish these characters first before giving them their dedicated you know film right mm-hmm. um but it's just man there's a lot of the the plot to Eternals is just so jumbled. It's so incoherent. Well, at um, least with at least with Justice League, you actually have characters that you know about beforehand and you're invested in. Whereas here, I don't know anything about these Eternals, and you know, the the whole time through this movie, the this the performance the the performances were so stale, and it's like everybody acted the same, um, and there was like just hardly any depth to any of these characters and you know I, I'm not someone that wants Marvel movies to be filled with all the you know the typical Marvel humor per se but there should be some life to this film and there's just it doesn't feel like there is I, mean, I guess there were a couple funny moments there but uh, I think typically any part that I enjoyed was that 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 one guy that wasn't even part of the Eternals that was like you know, please save this planet, and then Amalpoy's like, I, I admit I'm a little biased. That that was kind of funny, but that wasn't even one of the main characters, you know? It's like, it's just hard <laughs> yeah. to care about any of these characters. Um, and I, I still don't remember their names, so that, there's that. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, the, only, the only ones that I really remember off the top of my head are Cersei, Ajax, uh, and... 
Oh, that was the other thing. When they killed off that one that one main character was it Ajax or It was or, so the, random. Yeah, it was so it was random just, and they kept on mourning like, about what? it and it's like I don't I have no feelings whatsoever for the loss of this character. It's like, oh yeah, Ajax. Oh, yeah, oh they're dead. She... Oh, this is so horrible. It's <laughs> I was so invested in this character that like barely yeah. had any screen time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh. yeah. It's like <laughs> there's that that does nothing for you. <laughs> yeah, it's just like it's 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 almost kind of fringes into the the uh, the the Suicide Squad bit about like Milton, you know, <laughs> like basically Pokebot Polka Dot Man is like just, you know just destroyed with like Milton's death, and uh, Harley Quinn's like who? Like, <laughs> Milton? He's been with us the whole time. He's like, she's like, I'm pretty sure I would remember a guy named Milton. <laughs> like. And then they realize, like, oh, that guy, Milton. <laughs> it's just, it, it almost fringes in that territory. It's like. That's funny. Oh, uh, yeah. So, that, that, if that's any indication as to what we're uh, going to hope for for the remainder of this phase four, oof. You know, I, I, I'm not super excited about that, um, but. Yeah, I guess I guess we'll see what else they do. I mean, you know, one one failure is not the definition of the entire rest of the of the franchise. But I don't know. I just feel like I've said well, this phase before, four but... has kind of been a, a one big colossal failure, <laughs> like yeah. for the most part. Aside from aside from No Way Home, I mean, like yeah, No Way Home was definitely. Like, not even just because, oh, it's the only one. By default, it's the best one in the Phase 4. It's actually, like, one of my top favorite uh, Marvel movies. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Shang-Chi, I really like Shang-Chi, but it's not... It's one of those films that is is okay, but it's not what I would want to see as, like, the standard for the rest of the of the MCU. It's 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 kind of one of the reasons I liked it is because it's its own film in uh in the MCU, but it doesn't feel like it's connected to everything else. You can just watch the film and enjoy the characters and everything. But it it's not really meant to be this this film that just, oh, this is this is the guy that's going to lead us for the rest of the no, it's it's a character. It's a new character. That's pretty much all it is. Um it's not even I don't think the character is even that that um that old i think i think i think shang chi is actually a relatively new character in in some respects it's not i think so i'm, I'm not 100 percent sure on that so but but yeah i mean i that that movie's fine but as far as like where are we going I, I, from I here that, but. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. but that's that's another that's for that's for another episode yeah so yeah, we got Doctor Strange coming up in a few months, so we'll we'll see what where they go with that. But if that turns out to be another, you know, flop, then it's like okay, well, <laughs> I think. Uh, well, I think, and think to my understanding, done. to my understanding, they're basically implementing uh, material from What If, and it's like mm-hmm. I, I'm kind of listening there, like okay, well, that kind of defeats the premise of it being a What If show if you're just gonna take material from that and put it in the mcu you know what i mean it's like mm-hmm. it's not really a, a what if show um <laughs> what if well it's like it's like what if uh steve rogers got frozen in the ice for 70 years well 
he did. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I hate to break it to you, but that actually happened in the comics. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I think that's going to do it for our show today. We appreciate you guys tuning in and listening to us once again. Um, if you haven't already, be sure to give us a follow, a, a like, all the all the terms that are used on the various platforms on Spotify, Anchor, um, Google, Apple, all the all the things. Just do all the things on all the things, and all the uh, things. yeah, we will we will pay you handsomely for it. I guarantee it. We will with our gratitude. Yes, with our gratitude and um, an endless supply of Lego studs. You will you will get <laughs> yeah. those. That that is the monetary that is the form of money I am willing to uh, get behind. Hey, it's better. That. It's literally better than nothing. So <laughs> that that is true. It is better than nothing. So yeah, but uh, we'll see you back here next time. Hope you have a great rest of your week. And uh, yeah, just whatever you do, don't die. <laughs>